Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for bringing us here together today, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to come and to hear your word proclaimed, Lord, and to worship you. We pray that you would open our ears and our hearts that we might hear you speaking to us. Lord, we pray that you would place your words in my mouth so that I might proclaim your goodness. And we thank you for this opportunity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so good to see you all today. Well, we have one of these in our house. Anyone have one of these? What do you call it? Telephone. Telephone. That's right. They're pretty awesome, aren't they? This one is, uh, has a cord, right? That's exciting. You don't see those every day anymore, do you? It's kind of like an antique now. And in our house, it's always been a real challenge because whenever the phone rings, the kids just, it's like a feeding frenzy. Anyone ever see sharks? Like when blood's in the water, like the water's been chummed, right? Um, it, we had to wrestle with this for a while. The kids would just go insane when the phone would ring, right? Because they all wanted to do what? Answer it. And... The hard thing was, is not all of them knew how to answer the phone, right? You know, because not all of them operate like this. This one you pick up and you can talk, right? But other ones that have no cord on them, what do you have to do? You have to press the button, right? And so the kids would either pick it up without pressing the button and then try and talk into it, or they'd pick it up, press the button, and forget to talk, (laughs) right? You know, so the phone's not ringing anymore if they did it that way. But what's the person on the other end thinking? They're like, what's wrong with this phone, right? They can kind of hear some muffled voices in the background. They have no idea what's going on, right? So it took some training and some practice for our kids to become adept at answering the phone. Now, what this phone also has, which is not uncommon, is you can turn off the ringer on this phone, right? It's this little switch on the side. What happens when you turn off the ringer? It doesn't make a sound. So if somebody's calling you, how do you know? You don't, right? Somebody can call you day in and day out, and if the ringer's off, what are you going to hear? Nothing. Nothing. You're going to have no idea that anyone's trying to get a hold of you. You're just going to wonder why nobody likes you anymore, right? How come you're not popular? How come you're not getting the calls? Right? The ringer makes all the difference, doesn't it? It informs you that someone is trying to get a hold of you and lets you know when to pick up the phone and talk. Keep that in mind. Now, in our first reading, we see the account of the call of Samuel. Samuel was a prophet of the Lord during the reign of King Saul and King David in Israel. But before this came to be, Samuel wasn't even a dream. Because his mom, Hannah, and his dad, Elkanah, were unable to have children. Samuel wasn't even a wish. He wasn't even a concept, because his parents couldn't get pregnant. They couldn't have this child, right? And so... They visited all the greatest, you know, fertility people in the land. They visited everybody who could help them out, and nobody had a solution. There was nothing until the Lord provided for them. God miraculously gave Samuel to them. And so they devoted Samuel to the service of the Lord. They even named him something remarkable. The name Samuel means God heard. What did God hear? Their prayers, their prayers for what? A child, that's right. God heard their prayers for a child, and he provided that child for them. And their response was to give the child back to the Lord. 
Now Hannah and Elkanah gave Samuel to the Lord, and he served, as soon as he was weaned, it's pretty amazing, and he serves in the temple with the priest Eli. Now Eli's kind of a holdover from the last era in Israel where they had the judges, and the judges kind of ruled the land and made decisions about um, what was right and what was wrong and what people should and shouldn't do. It was the era, he was the transition between the judges and the kings. And so... Eli stood in that place, but it was an odd time for the nation of Israel because our passage tells us that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. What does that mean? Secular time, yeah. And there were special people, yeah, people, the God, they weren't hearing God speak. How easy is it to issue judgments for on behalf of God when you don't hear God speak? It's either really really easy, you just kind of make it up, or it's really hard because you don't know what to say, right? They weren't hearing God speak to them. Do you think this was because God wasn't talking or because the people weren't listening? The people weren't listening. That was the problem in Israel. The people had stopped listening to God. It was a bleak time for Israel. Remember, Israel was a nation that had been created for the sole purpose of having relationship with God. So if they weren't talking to God, how well were they fulfilling this purpose? Not at all. It makes no sense, does it? It's almost like the San Francisco 49ers deciding they're not going to play football for a few seasons. Wait, they did that a couple years ago. But they're back now, right? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense, does it? Right? Your sole purpose is to do this, and they weren't doing it. They had lost track of the purpose of their nation. They were not seeking God, and they were not hearing him either. Then this event in our passage takes place, and it changes absolutely everything. The boy Samuel is sleeping in the temple. He's sleeping in the Holy of Holies, right? The coolest part of the temple, next to the Ark of the Covenant. He is right there sleeping. And he's awakened in the night with someone calling his name. Samuel. Samuel. (laughs) And like a good boy, he jumps up to go and attend to Eli, who he assumes is calling him. Who else could be calling him, right? Middle of the night, they're in the temple. Nobody else is going to be in there. It's got to be Eli. So he goes over and startles Eli out of his deep slumber, right? And says, Eli, I'm here. What do you need? You know, and Eli, probably after a few choice words, says... I didn't call you. Lie down again. This happens twice this way. Then the passage explains why Samuel's having such a hard time understanding what is going on. The passage says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel didn't recognize God was speaking to him because he didn't know God. He didn't know his voice. He was serving in the temple, and he was serving the Lord, but he didn't know him. He didn't know God by the sound of his voice. And apparently, knowing God is more than just serving him. Knowing God is more than just knowing about God. Knowing God actually has to do with knowing the very sound of his voice, like a friend. And Samuel didn't. 
He had no idea. So this voice, this voice in the middle of the night, it's got to be Eli. Who else could it be? So God calls Samuel again a third time. And by this time, apparently Eli's really woken up and realizes what's going on. And he teaches Samuel how to talk to God. He says, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is remarkable, right? How simple that formula is. Speak, Lord. But also by what follows after this. Our passage says, now the Lord came and stood there. I didn't even see that the first time I read this passage again for the umpteenth time. The Lord God came and stood there in that room next to the Ark of the Covenant where Samuel was laying on the ground. God stood right next to him and he speaks to him and he says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says, speak for your servant is listening. Now, we all wish that what God said to Samuel was something sweet and cuddly. Unfortunately, what God says to Samuel is the judgment of Eli. It's the judgment upon Eli for allowing Eli's children to run amok and blaspheme the name of the Lord. God judges Eli because Eli didn't listen to the Lord. And the way he tells Eli about judging him for not listening is through a boy who is willing to listen. This passage gives us two examples of listening to God. The first one is Samuel, this young boy who was willing to listen but didn't know how. The second one is Eli, who knew how to listen but had ceased to do what God had asked of him. He was not listening anymore. The boy was willing but unsure. The man was sure but unwilling. Samuel was like a kid who didn't know how to answer the phone when he was ringing. Right? He didn't know what to do once he heard the, the ringer go. He knew there might be something to go on. He was excited about it. He was jumping up and asking for directions, but he had no idea what to do when the phone rang. He didn't know how to answer the call of the Lord. Eli, he was like a person who had turned off the ringer because he didn't want to be disturbed in his life. He was happy. He was content. He didn't need anything to mess up his plan for his life. The path of Eli led to judgment. But the path of Samuel led to the fulfillment not only of him, but that of the whole land. Because Samuel became a shining light for God in Israel. Our passage closes with these, with these verses. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. That means that everything Samuel said, the people received. That's amazing. And then it says, And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. They knew that when God spoke to Samuel, Samuel spoke to them. It wasn't like that game of telephone, you know, you played as a kid where something comes in at the beginning and something else comes out at the end. No, this was perfect, because what came to Samuel from God went out to the people, exactly as it had been received, and they trusted him for that reason. Today, 
Today, as we hear the word of God in this passage, where do we find ourselves? Are we at that place where we think God might be talking to us, but we're unsure what to do or how to respond? We're not sure exactly how to receive the call. If this is you, then the path is simple. We respond to God by saying, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak. Speak to me, God. I want to hear what you have to say, and I'm willing to hear it no matter what it is. Or, on the other end of the spectrum, are we more like Eli, hardened to God and not hearing him anymore? Now this state, this state of kind of isolation, spiritual isolation, happens for a bunch of different reasons. But most often it's because of unrepentant and unconfessed sin in our life. Right? There's something that we are focusing in on instead of focusing in on God. And it's separating us from him. There's some static in the line. There's something we've done that gets in between us and God. And that's what sin does. We just close ourselves off from God. We stop studying the Bible because he speaks through that. And we stop praying because we know he speaks in prayer. We stop doing what he wants us to do. And we close ourselves off from him. We stop hearing his voice. And we think he stopped calling us. Or he doesn't care anymore. Or he's just so angry he could never forgive us. But the reality is, is that God never stops calling We just turn off the ringer. God never stops dialing you and me. He's got our number on speed dial, and he's just sitting there hitting it over and over and over again, waiting for us to answer. That's what God does. He's incessant. He's even worse than the robocallers in this way, right? He just calls us and calls us and calls us, waiting to answer, waiting for us to answer. There's a passage in the New Testament where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's what God does. He's there waiting for us to open up the door or pick up the phone and answer his call in our life. God always leaves room for us to repent and turn the ringer back on and reestablish a conversation with him. Today, Today is the opportunity for us all to either turn our ringers back on again if we've turned them off over the years, or to answer the phone if we hear God calling. This is the most incredible chance that you and I can have. This chance, this opportunity to hear a a call from God was bought at a terrible price. This direct line to God cost him his only son. You and I can dial direct because Jesus Christ made the way. My prayer for us is that we would entrust ourselves to him, that we would be forgiven of our brokenness, and that we would speak face to face with God. This is what we're called to as Christians, right? This is what the call is. The call is, come and walk in relationship with me. Be close to me. And in order to have a relationship, we need to talk, right? It works like that in friendships and marriage, doesn't it? Don't you need to talk to each other? I think so. That's how life works. The same thing happens in our spiritual lives. We need to be talking to God. And you know what? This is what the world desperately needs to see, too.
They desperately need to see you and me in relationship with God, talking to him, hearing what he would say in our lives, being in perfect relationship with him. The world is yearning to see Christians really be Christians. It gets plenty of examples of Christians not being Christians, doesn't it? They're all over the news all the time. But it yearns, it yearns to see us be the people God has called us to be. Today, don't let this opportunity pass us by. Let's seize the phone. Let's answer the call. And let's enter into relationship with God in a deeper and more profound and more life-giving way. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that by the power of your Holy Spirit and the atonement of the cross, Lord, that we can be brought into conversation with you. Lord, we thank you that right now we are entering into your holy throne room in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for receiving us. Lord, we confess our hardness of heart to you. Lord, we've closed off so much of our lives to you and said, please don't go in that room. Lord, we open up our doors to you now. We pray that you would come and dwell inside of us. Lord, forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for those things we've done that have hurt ourselves, that have hurt others, and that ultimately have hurt you, Lord God. We're sorry. Please forgive us. Lord, and reestablish a good heart inside of us. Lord, implant your very heart inside of us that we might be able to hear your word, that we might be able to hear you speaking to us. Lord, turn our ringers on again that we might hear your call and that we might receive it joyfully and thankfully as Samuel did. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.